0: Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zerl. With me, as always, is professional film critic, Sean Patrick. And Joining us this week is Cousin Jeff, our Jeff Lasseter, who does a lot of our, uh, who's done a lot of our art, and he does a lot of his own art, too. Uh, Welcome to the program, Jeff.
1: Howdy. Thanks for having me. Uh, Did I just say howdy?
0: (laughs) You did. you in Texas right now?
1: Uh, y'all, my heart's in Texas. <laughs> no, I went to uh, Casey's earlier and heard uh, an Iowan speaking like that. So, maybe that's it. <laughs> that
0: makes sense. Uh, visit us at iHateCritics.net. Everyone's at CriticPodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our handle is CriticsPod. You can listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, all your podcatchers. Give us a five-star review uh, and subscribe to the show. If you do give us a five-star review, we will read your review on the air and you'll get a copy of I Spit on Your Grey with the 40th anniversary. The next person to do it will, at least. Uh, and then patreon.com slash critics pods, the best way to support the podcast. And then Public if you want one of our some of our podcast merch like what i'm wearing here today a long time ago inside joke that we don't reference anymore uh regarding our former co-hosts uh wondering what gives with cameron diaz always showing her shoulders off uh, along with other things a lot of willem defoe stuff as well uh, or you can check out where can they get your stuff jeff
1: um, you can actually go to my Linktree to get any of my stuff on Tee Public or Etsy. It's linktr.ee slash Jeff Lassiter, J-E-F-F-L-A-S-S-I-T-E-R. Excellent.
0: Uh, lots of great stuff there, especially if you're into horror or the Golden Girls. Uh, and Star Wars stuff, too. Of uh, All right. Let's jump into the episode. And oop, I hit the wrong button. Share screen. Where did everything go? Do we have to restart the entire show? No, we're good. This is adds to the
2: charm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what they call it now. Maybe. <laughs> that's why when you call Comcast or MediaCom and you say. You know, what's up with my service? They're like, oh, it's just part of the experience, part of the charm of having us as your cable company.
0: Yeah, I'm just lazy, really, is what it comes down to. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, Speaking of lazy, uh, we got video game ideas and movies out of it with Spider-Man and Mark Wahlberg.
2: <laughs> is it any
0: good?
3: <laughs> Uncharted uh, stars Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg in the adaptation of the PlayStation video game, uh, starring the character Nathan Drake, who's an adventurer who goes around the world looking for treasure. Not the most original concept when it comes to movies. It's been a concept of the movies since the 1930s. Uh, what's different about this and what I kind of enjoyed about this is Tom Holland. I, I like Tom Holland. And then what I like about him... i'm gonna come off like i hate ryan reynolds and chris pratt these days i don't hate them but that style of action movie has gotten so stale so quickly for me uh and he is not that he's not doing a quip every two seconds he's not trying to be uh you know indestructible he doesn't do karate uh he's a he's a character who accepts kind of his size and his abilities and uh, acts accordingly. He's he's a, a charming guy who happens to have a really strong wit about him. He's, re- he's very resourceful. And uh, that's really how this character succeeds. And I know there have been characters like that in movies before, but they weren't played by Tom Holland, uh, who, who just embodies those, those uh, qualities extraordinarily well. And uh, he's got a great dynamic with Mark Wahlberg, who's not necessarily playing the most natural Mark Wahlberg kind of role. Because Mark Wahlberg uh, I I don't he's not the most quick-witted guy and here he's kind of playing a James Bond type in, in, in some ways and like the most uncool James Bond in history. It's just not his type of thing but it works. Their dynamic together works. They've got a good chemistry the two of them and that's really where what works here. This is directed by Ruben Fleischer. Who uh did the Venom movies and uh and of course did Zombieland? I know I hated Zombieland too. I still hate Zombieland too. But he he does do this kind of movie very well. He knows how to he knows how to create a great pace. He knows how to create uh, great uh set pieces like this. Uh, the one of the poster of this plane, him uh, T- Tom Holland's character falling out of a plane. It opens with that, and then we flash back to you know everything else that led up to that, and then we watch that scene and how it plays out. and It's it's terrific. It really is. It's, a, it's a kind of a fast and furious kind of uh, setup, which you know I, I love those movies. I love the silliness, and the anti physics of this of that movie, and it's kind of got kind of got a charm of uh, similar to that here. Um, I I, I like this movie. I went in thinking I was going to hate it, so it definitely it definitely had a low bar to get over, but it got over it, and I, I did enjoy this
0: so I was going to ask do you like Tom Holland like you like Vin Diesel in the Fast and the Furious movies
3: <laughs> I think Tom Holland's a better actor obviously I think he's uh, much more of a uh, of a acting presence than Vin Vin's more of just a personality <laughs> he's just Vin Diesel and that's fine it works for that movie
1: I'd like to see them in a movie together but probably not the kind of movie that they would show <laughs> in the theater <laughs>
0: Did Mark Wahlberg play a uh, meathead in this? Are
3: no, you- no, not really. I mean, like I said, he was playing kind of a, a James Bond type, which is kind of not Mark Wahlberg, you know?
0: Right. I mean, I don't have a whole lot to ask about it, as I'll probably yeah. never see it. And I didn't like the game that much. I'm not really a game guy to begin with. And <laughs> uh, How did it do?
3: it did well enough to lead the box office this weekend. I I don't, I think they're talking about a sequel. There's certainly a sequel tease after the, after the credits. So they're, they're planning on making this into a thing and I can see it. I can see it being a thing. I think a lot of people really like Tom Holland.
2: Fair
0: enough.
1: I think, I think that, I mean, any movie today, like with a budget like this, they're setting up for sequel, no matter how badly it does either. If it's a direct video, I mean, look at the movie we're all here to talk about today (laughs) that, you know, if they, if they can do it with that, then definitely they're going to Tom Holland has got another franchise, or should I say Tom Holland's ass from this picture that I can't stop looking at.
2: (laughs) 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 People,
1: people are just going to turn this episode off the more I talk about it, aren't they? (laughs)
0: Uh, I mean, I don't know. A lot of our audience is in India, so I'm not really sure what they're into. Oh,
1: how do Indians feel about Tom Holland's
0: ass? That's a great, that's a
3: great question that has not been asked before on know, this or any show.
0: I know they like their <laughs> genre stuff, though. Big fans. Of our best aired episodes are like The Joker and horror movie stuff. So I'll be sure to put Texas Chance Massacre in the title. <laughs> uh, anything else on Uncharted before we move on?
3: I recommend it. I, I, I enjoyed it. It's fun. And uh, check it out
0: like on netflix check it out or like go to the theater right now
3: i mean i liked it in the, i liked it on the imax a lot so i, I like the theatrical experience myself but i i understand if you don't want to you can wait for this on tv and it'll be just fine
0: now you didn't have to pay for it, though if you had to pay for it would you pay for
3: it <laughs> no of course not okay. you <laughs> all
0: right strawberry mansion
3: Strawberry Mansion is a movie that uh, is directed or directed and starring a man by the name of Kentucker Audley alongside a guy named Albert Burney. Uh, and it follows a guy named James Preble. He's In this universe, they they tax everything, including the things that you use in your dreams. Your dreams are recorded on a device, and this guy is in one of many uh, dream auditors. He'll go there and well, you use this, this, and this in your dreams, so you get charged this much for it. Uh, he gets a call out of the blue from this woman who invites him to come to her house and audit her dreams. The thing about it is though, she never upgraded to the, to the app. So she has all of her dreams on a V on VHS tapes. And he's got to sit there and watch each individual VHS tape and make notes about uh, what she's supposed to be charged for that. Uh, but she's invited him here for a reason. She's invented this thing that allows you to uh, sort of manipulate the way your dreams play out because secretly, uh, the leadership of this universe is sneaking in advertisements into your dreams, whether you know it or not. Uh, it's a chicken or cable TV or all these other things, you know, t- types of soda. They're advertising your dreams and most people don't know it. And she's figured it out, figured out how to beat it uh, inside of her dreams. He meets her as a younger woman, and he develops a relationship with her in the dreams. And he's kind of trying to figure out how he can stay in the dream world with the younger version of her. And uh, meanwhile, the outside world is trying to get inside and, and stop him from auditing these dreams uh, and stop her from, you know, preventing advertisers from getting into dreams. I think that's what this movie is about, but this movie is so impenetrable at times in terms of dream logic that it's really, it becomes obtuse at a certain point. I, I love an art an art movie. You know, I love I love movies that that go for a dream logic and have big ideas. But this one just takes it probably one step too far up its own ass uh, to the point where I just I lost interest at a certain point. I couldn't follow it. Uh, I did like this cast. I do like uh, uh, the young woman, especially is is very good. The younger version of the older woman is is incredibly good, uh, and I really enjoyed her. But beyond that i i don't necessarily recommend this movie it's certainly not a movie that's for everybody it's not an easy watch uh you you've got to really kind of pay attention to see and i don't think it, i don't think this movie has enough to it to keep people's attention long enough to try and follow wherever the hell it's going it
0: sounds like either a, a republican's nightmare or what dream depending on how you <laughs> between the taxing your dreams or manipulating the tax system uh
1: <laughs> you want the scariest part about what you just said, Sean, is the fact that my friend who works at Whole Foods—they have an app that they check in on yeah. and check out their shift. And there's always when they open it up, there's a 30-second ad for something from Amazon. Like right now, it's the Lord of the Rings TV show that they ha- they cannot dismiss. You have to watch it for 30 seconds before you punch in or punch out. Wow, this is—I don't think I could see this movie knowing that that's
2: actually a thing now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sick
1: of being advertised to everywhere.
2: So, yeah,
0: and I mean, we all know it, but you talk about stuff. I mean, even flick chart, it seems like whenever we talk about a movie, it happens to pop up when we play flick chart at the end, like yeah. obscure rant, not even obscure, but just random eighties movies or something like that. It's like, why are we talking about over the top right now? <laughs> I'm telling you over top going to be in the flick chart at the end. Cause I said it, uh, but yeah, this, oh, my God,
1: I get to play flick chart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, I don't need to use the quarter anymore. It's nice.
1: I know. <laughs> Just call me George. <laughs> uh,
0: but this sounds horrendous. Like, I wanted to stop you while you were explaining it. it was, you were kind of boring me. <laughs> uh, I wanted to buy
3: in. I really did. Because I, I think the young woman, Grace Glowicki, is the name of the actress. And she was really really charming on uh, the stuff that she did. But yeah, I definitely think that there's going to be a lot of people who, if they w- try to watch this, they're going to turn it off halfway through just frustrated.
1: Now I'm knowing, knowing nothing about this movie going into this chat. Um, I'm looking at the image on YouTube right now. Is that Ryan Gosling and Judy Dench?
3: No, no, that's Kentucker oddly. <laughs> and I don't know the name of the o- the older actress off the top of my head.
1: And that looks like uh, the, one of the girls from Glee, Heather or something.
3: <laughs> that's um, Grace Kowicki.
1: Okay. This it looks this looks like one of those Donnian movie posters. I'm not even joking. So everybody needs to watch this on YouTube to see what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, and just the fact that you started with it's about audit taxing your dreams or whatever, or just that's just the stupidest starting point. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Pursuit, starring Emil Hirsch and John Cusack.
3: Oh, Pursuit stars Emil Hirsch as the world's greatest hacker, because that's an original mm. movie character that was never done Nobody before.
1: Nobody hacking anymore. <laughs>
3: what is the term now?
1: Oh, I'm just—that's a line from uh, Iron Man Three. Oh, okay, hacker anymore? <laughs> so.
3: Uh, he's a he's a he's the world's greatest hacker but somebody has kidnapped his wife and he wants to know who and he's gonna go around shooting people until somebody tells him he thinks that his dad played by John Cusack is involved but honestly I don't know if John Cusack knows he's involved i if you told me that that John Cusack just led a film crew into his house and didn't know why they were there. And they just filmed him surreptitiously. I would believe you because there are times in this movie where he's, he's just cutting, he's just cutting up fruit for a fruit salad. You know, he's, he's making a salad. He's on the phone. I know it's his voice. I recognize him with the dialogue, but honestly, like, he's just sitting in his garden for a little while. Like, this is the laziest Bruce Willis shit we've seen since Bruce Willis. Um, He's not trying, and he doesn't care in the least. Uh, I, at one point, I really thought he was – there's a couple of lines of dialogue where I thought he was actually talking to his agent going, Why are these people here in my house? Am I making a movie with these people? <laughs> it's so sad the whole thing is sad though the acting is atrocious the trying to understand the plot is is just a complete waste of time uh actors are introduced in this movie just at random. Like uh two of the big supporting players in this are a couple of guys from the 80s andrew stevens and uh william Cat, and they both show up just at random and you don't know which side they're on for a time and what they like they they too are also like i know andrew stevens especially is just filming from his house as well and maybe his car uh <laughs> not actually on set even though he's an also an executive producer on this movie uh and emil hirsch is just completely off the chain like he does not care at all he's giving the biggest loudest performance at times and at times he's just like i i just like to shoot guns <laughs>
1: Well, you had me at Andrew Stevens because I'm a big Murder, <laughs> She Wrote fan, and he was on several episodes, so...
3: Yeah. There you go. Want, it, this one's for you. <laughs> if you want to know what he looks like today?
1: Yeah, I, I'm very, very afraid to do that.
0: I mean, Amila yeah. Hirsch looks cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and how much older is John Cusack than Amila Hirsch, because I don't feel like there's like he was
3: a teen dad or something? He's like pretty old. He's been around for a while. He made his debut in the early 80s.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I bet he's just, 20 or 30 years older than him.
3: Yeah, I would guess. Could be.
1: I just feel like Emil Hir- Hirsch has been around for a lot longer than than he probably has. So. Yeah,
0: That's he's only cool. been around since like 2003, 2004, And
3: even even I can
1: recall.
0: He was, even then he was a kid. He was a kid, yeah.
1: Uh, But,
3: yeah, this movie is terrible. (laughs) It is not fun to sit through uh, other than, you know, kind of picky. Other other than critiquing the decor of uh, John Cusack's uh, suburban home where this was shot. uh, (laughs) Because clearly this was his house. Clearly those are his grandchildren running around. And (laughs) he's, he's just he's just like just checked out completely. He, he makes phone calls. I think at one point his character does get shot, and he's like, oh, I've been shot. I'm going to go drive myself to the hospital. I'll see you guys later.
1: <laughs> I have a John Cusack story that I can only tell you off the air, but you'll love it. All right.
0: Nobody listens to this except for people in <laughs> India.
1: Just in case they hear I'm on it, you know, and nah, it, I, it blows up.
0: I God. you. never you know? know when we'll go viral. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. That would be it. That would be
0: Right. <laughs> All right. Uh the Texas Chainsaw Massacre twenty twenty two.
3: Yeah, speaking of things that aren't fun to sit through. Uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre stars no one you recognize other than
1: That's not true. Elsie Fisher Elsie Fisher from eighth grade that everybody loved. Oh,
3: well, okay. Yeah, <laughs> great. Poor, I feel now I feel bad for her in that movie. Um, this is this is supposedly a direct sequel to the original uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, set fifty some years in the future, uh, where I guess Leatherface got away from everybody and was hiding out at an orphanage, being cared for by some older woman. This, this the town that they live in. The entire town apparently gets sold to a bunch of influencers who come to town looking to start uh, a liberal utopia uh, in in Texas, and uh, they've got a bus full of people coming who are you know going to be cannon fodder for for Leatherface. So they're going to uh, you know they go and they kick him out of his house, not knowing that he's the one who's there. Uh, meanwhile, exposition radio tells us where Sally Hardesty is looking for him via you know, <laughs> just whatever <laughs> exposition gas station owner tells us his, her backstory for no good reason. Um, everybody just lines up to be victims. Leatherface, you know, cuts off his mom's face and wears it. And it's supposed to be scary <laughs> and it's not. Uh, and then the whole, the whole thing is turns on just this whole idea of like liberal influencers and cancel culture. And there's just this horrible, awful scene where all the all the people are on a bus and and leatherface gets on the bus with his chainsaw and they've all they're all pointing cell phone cameras at him he goes and one of the guys looking at him with his camera goes make a move and you're totally canceled bro and i just wanted to vomit Uh. it was just it was just so dumb this is such a oh just such an ugly stupid movie to the point where i can't tell what was intended as a joke Like what was intended as satire and what was intended as like commentary, which is kind of like a lot of right-wing humor where it's just you react to it and that's what the joke is. And as long as you're reacting to it, it doesn't – not necessarily laughing. Like if you're offended by it, that's cool. Or if you're just kind of puzzled by it, that's supposedly funny to people. And I never – I will never understand that kind of – humor and i think that's the kind of humor that's going on here but honestly i couldn't tell you because it's so the whole thing is so incomprehensible and stupid i hate this movie it'll be probably in, easily in my top 10 worst of the year by the end of the year
0: yeah i rarely turn movies off and i'm such a big fan of the original i even like the original sequel uh I, but this one was just unwatchable at least for me when this soon and i kind of turned it off early like, when they broke her wrist, or she she was dead, she breaks her wrist and stabs the guy with her broken hand. I was just like, this isn't the same world that the movie should be in. So, I, and on top of the fact, reading the premise where they're bringing her back to kind of be the Laurie Strode in the new Halloween movies, which I just find lazy. Uh, and then, you know, I'm all for, if you want to, I mean, we're all liberal. I'm all for making fun of like Just do it smart. You don't make it yeah. bad. There's plenty to rip on for us as well, but that that was that's just dumb. I don't know. But Jeff, what do you think?
1: God, where do I start? Um, I'm I'm assuming I'm here because I'm the big cheesy horror fan who laps this kind of stuff up. Um, I'm. This is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. To me, is one of the weakest franchises. And I know a bunch of my friends are going to give me shit for that because the first one is a classic. I mean, it's just, it's like in the top 10 lists of movies in general. The second one is fun and it's kind of a satire of the first one and has some inventive kills. You get, you know, it it's like, it's batshit crazy. The third one, I still have never been able to get through the third one. It's just, I can't, I just, I sit there and I'm just like, oh my God, why just, it's not good. Nothing looks good. Um, You know, I think they were trying to go gritty, but this is not the the series for gritty. Um, I blame this sequel on Jamie Lee Curtis because, (laughs) you know, I, I love her. I love, you know, the idea of her coming back for Halloween. I do not, I am not a big fan of most of the stuff in the new Halloween movies. And this movie, um, it seems like it's just like, oh, oh my God, they did that with Jamie Lee Curtis. We could do that with Sally Hardesty, but Marilyn Burns died, so we'll recast it. Some of the good things, she was really well cast, if you're going to do it. Why is she well cast? Because she looks just like Jamie Lee Curtis now. With long <laughs>
2: <Yeah. hair. laughs> exactly. Um
1: I don't buy the premise for a second that she's never been able to find him in forty years and so she's been looking for him for 40 years because or 50 years um, a fifty years later she's not going to be you know she's in her 70s probably seventy five years old I don't buy that you know I, I, I this needs to have taken place 20 years ago um, same with leatherface there's no way he was like 20 years old in that first one he was thirty to forty years old there's no way he's ninety years old and looks like he's 50.
3: Um, Still snapping people's arms and shoving them into their necks.
1: Yeah, I, you know, and it's like, I thought that it was competently made. And I don't mean that, you know, like damning with faint praise. I thought, okay, the production values on this one are good. Um, it didn't look as, you know, like plastic and clean as the last two did. That um, I, the 3D one or the whichever one. Um, I I really think that it it was just you don't bring Sally Harvesty back to kill her with a chainsaw, right? And you know, you, you know, so I sat there and I was like, oh, what the fuck? Come on, that's the
3: twist. Well, you we want, killed our strong female character archetype. We're a twist. You,
1: know, you, br- you bring her back to reboot the franchise or requalize the franchise, as they put in Scream to have a protagonist that he can go up against every single one of these movies to me after the f- first two, I, I, I'm accepting the remake that I actually really like. Um, I'm accepting that, but every one of these has a different, you know, there's no sort of mythology with the protagonist. It's always the antagonist that has the mythology that changes every movie. This one, you know, he, he didn't go live in an orphanage. He did you know, that was, that was, it's just, it's, it's dull and kind of pointless. And while I liked some of the actors, I, you know, they missed the mark on so many things. Like the kills were Michael Myers level when, and, and he, you know, he was never Michael Myers. He didn't pick up a chainsaw until halfway through the movie. And then, you know, it's called the Texas chainsaw massacre. Now I did like after the cringe of the, you know, Try anything and you're canceled, bro. The bus kills were good. Um, That's how I know I would survive this movie because you would never catch me on a party bus for (laughs) any reason whatsoever. Um, But, you know, it was invented. There were some inventive kills, but a lot of them were Michael Myers kills or Jason kills. Um, I was really, I was 100% waiting for him to talk (laughs) because they just seemed like they didn't care about the first movie. Mm-hmm. All they wanted to do was like, oh, let's bring Sally back and forget all the rest of it. Um, best parts for the introduction where John Larkin is narrating and a couple of the actors. Worst parts, everything else. <laughs> except the kills.
3: Yeah, I, I, like I said, I really hated this, uh, and and I think part of the problem that people have is, and we've have we've have we have a culture that's completely misunderstood Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Like they don't treat it like a, a great movie. Everybody thinks that that movie succeeded based off of gore and no, it, it succeeded because it implied more. It was so thoughtful. It was just filled with ideas and, yeah, uh, and the terror came from you, you filling in, you know, the, the rest of it uh, and you filling in the pieces that aren't there and, whether it was intentional on toby hooper's part or not i don't care i i i read so much of that movie and i it's it's just it's so rich with ideas and implications and and takes those things seriously and everybody comes out of that going well it's called texas chainsaw massacre must just be about chainsaws right it's just chainsaw chainsawing guts that's what it's about and no you're you're missing the point this one this one seems to kind of understand that there there was an element of intentional you know i don't want to call it satire but certainly like just a presentation of ideas via the horror genre and this one mm-hmm. has that to it but it doesn't have any good jokes to tell like the the cancel culture thing was lame it was cringy uh they you know the the the, the liberal utopian texas stuff the you know that all the backwoods texas stuff was just uh just boilerplate shit everybody else has already done like it doesn't offer any modern commentary there's plenty of stuff you could do to reflect things that are happening today like black lives matter or you know the things that that are popular important movements today that you can reflect and use the horror genre to talk about and this movie doesn't do that it doesn't even come close to that it doesn't have any ideas of its own and Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a movie about ideas as much as it is about, you know, a serial killer family in the backwoods.
1: Well, this whole series after part two really suffers for not having Toby Hooper involved in it. His, the original one was, he was sick of hippies. So he decided to kill a bunch of them off. T- you know, 10 years later, he's like, I'm sick of yuppies. Let's kill some yuppies off hence the beginning kill in that movie and then part three was like let's focus on Leatherface and let's get him completely wrong and same with you know all the other all the other ones are just we're going to do a direct sequel well you know what do a direct sequel that makes sense with the original one not you know intru- introducing 15 members of his family that were never even thought of in the first one just to get you know some redneck people in there make it scary you know i i think that this movie wanted to be a direct sequel in the same vein as the original but it, it wasn't it it used that idea of oh we don't like influencers let's kill them off which i fully support <laughs> but that could be know, a joke but you got to
3: do it better than this though
1: yeah you know and you know, have a have a few influencers and but then you don't have to kill. You don't have to do this stupid party bus thing. You're canceled. That just took me out of it completely. I saw that in the trailer,
2: yeah. and I
1: was like, "Oh, this is going to stop."
2: Right. Right.
0: Well, and he's not Freddy Krueger. He doesn't need to be a. Yeah. Com- it doesn't need to be a comedy. Right. That you know you can do right. the influencer thing. Just take it seriously and. Uh, try to be original instead you get i mean it's back to that gremlins 2 thing where you just feel like it's a studio bunch a studio heads saying let's do this let's do that what about this line it'll be hilarious <laughs> and it, it just yeah. that's not what i want you know i i just you're right it is probably the weakest franchise and again it's probably halloween and friday the 13th fault this movie was so much before them a solid five years before halloween and even longer for Friday the Thirteenth, and those had success. So why not bring this one out? And if I'm mistaken, like Toby Hooper wanted to do something else, and they made him do it, so he made a comedy kind of as a middle finger to the studio, <laughs> which yeah. is part of why I love it so much. Maybe I'm wrong. This, you might know better than me, but
1: well, I, this—I mean, this movie was part of the you know '70s grindhouse horror right group that did almost everything right you you get the the same year that this came out black christmas came out which we all know that's my favorite movie of all time um you know it's stuff like that that really endures because they had ideas and they just wanted to be scary they didn't you know the ideas were not overt same with like night of the living dead um you know that kind of thing where it's there's a theme but some people are going to take that theme away from it you know, like the original Texas Chainsaw uh, Yuppie or Hippie, Dirty Hippies, the you know, Met of the Living Dead was society, how society holds up, it, things like that. Whereas nowadays it's just like, ooh, let's be really overt and we want to kill influencers and make it super obvious and super, you know, dumb. Right, You know, there could have been, you know, five or six influencers and it could have been a stalker slasher movie and it would have been more fun. It would, you know, it wouldn't have had the, you get the exposition out at the beginning for the people who haven't seen the original or haven't seen it in a long time. Great. Cool. You get that all out of the way and then you have Sally Hardesty showing up at places where there have been murders that could possibly be related and it's her and him, and then she finds out that this town's happening, and she goes over to this town because, oh, it's, you know, not too far from where I was attacked, and how, did, how does she not know where she was attacked? You know, it's like, right. it was right near her family home. It was, it just was it's so dumb.
3: I have an idea, though, that I think that could have worked uh, in terms of using even using the backstory that they're using here. The idea that there could be somebody who is like who takes the thorn out of Leatherface's paw and like actually turns him into not a human being, but treats him with a kindness that keeps him from killing people until somebody comes along and does something to her. And then you have this almost sympathetic figure who is. You know, this lost child who now has lost the only person in the world who seemed to take care of him. That even plays off of the themes of the original without, you know, because in the original, the mother is what's missing from that family. Like having that female presence is what's missing and created this sort of feral group of monsters is the fact that they don't have a feminine presence in the home. Here you have him now with this mother figure who has kind of, you know, taken his taken away his. You know, killer instinct, and replaced it with one that where he's cared for. You take that out of the equation again with her, you know, losing her life in the way she does, and sending him back onto this path of wanting to kill people who killed his mom. You've created then a dynamic that that is resonant and makes sense. And I think there's an idea. <laughs> Kind of, I guess, but it's it's still it's a much better idea than this one actually goes with in the end. I think they had that idea initially, but again, it's a then you put it in that perspective. It's kind of just another lazy element of this where they're just lifting from other movies constantly to try and you know make Leatherface into Jason, Leatherface into Michael Myers, into Freddy Krueger.
0: Instead, make him an eighty year old man and try to make it believable. Maybe he only kills one guy, but it's so fucked up that it, I don't know. Just. <laughs> And maybe she's just sitting there playing dominoes, drinking coffee. Really, not even in the movie. Uh, I don't know. Just
1: <laughs> well, this it, this movie. It feels like it wants to be taken seriously as like like how everybody sucked the dick of Halloween twenty eighteen. Where oh, you know, it's so. And I'm like, come on, it's just another timeline that we're going with. But they wanted to do that with this, and instead, they they were like, well, okay, he was. 30 or 40 in the original. It's 50 years later. Is he 80 or 90? Uh, No, I guess we have to make him 50. It's like, does he not age? What, what's the deal? You know, it sounds like it was like all these ideas. And then the movie was made by committee.
0: Right. And it just got, it it wasn't supernatural, but it felt too supernatural for me because of the things that I brought to it that I just wasn't for me. But
3: I mean, yeah. Okay. The constant thing of his abilities changing, you know. Like again, I'll go back to that scene you're talking about where he snaps a guy's arm and uses it to stab him in his throat. But later on, he can't, you know, fight a little girl who's fighting him off. Like, which yeah. is he? Is does he have super strength or not? Because it would take super strength to snap somebody's arm and shove it into their throat. So he's got super strength. No, he doesn't, because later on, he people are fighting him off. You know, make up your mind which power he has and which one he doesn't.
1: Yeah, you know, and it, they it, this like the older Hellraiser movies, the ones that came later. A lot of those movies were scripts that were out there, and they were like, "How can we shoehorn the Cenobites into it?" And that's what this feels like. This feels like a slasher movie that they thought, "Oh, you know what? There's the idea of something here. What if we took Leatherface and we made it a Texas Chainsaw Massacre?" And that was like 2016 that they were thinking about that. And then Halloween 2018 comes out and they're like, oh my God, we got to get Sally Hardesty back. 50 years later, oh wait, no, okay. So if this was in real time, you know, it's just like, come on, make, make this 20 years ago. Make it 20 years later. You can cast a younger actress to Sally. You can cast a, a younger actor for Leatherface, you can make it make sense, but this doesn't make it make sense.
0: Right? And I appr- like—I don't like the new Halloweens, but at least they took it seriously. Uh, you know, yeah. this is just... evil
1: dies tonight, Bob. Evil <laughs> dies tonight. Never mind. <laughs>
2: <sighs> yeah. So
1: what they're saying—what you're saying—is that Judy Greer is evil because she died tonight.
2: <laughs> Spoiler
0: alert. Uh Yeah, I hopefully I mean this has pretty much been panned universally, right? Or is there several horror fans that like this?
1: I I have friends who enjoyed it. I have seen a couple posts on Facebook were like, Oh my god, this is the best thing since the original and it's I'm like you need to get out more and you know, there's the one guy who just sucks every movie's dick, no matter what. Oh, it's a journey of self reflection for Leather Fit, and I'm like, oh my god, stop, just stop. And but everybody else is like, you know what? I went into this with terrible expectations, and it wasn't so bad. You know, like I said, I I went into it after reading a few comments that I was like, oh, this is going to be terrible. And I, there were parts that I was pleasantly surprised about the kills. The cinematography was good for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it just, it didn't make a lot of sense. And it, there was, there was definitely some real like filler scenes. Like she's hiding under the bed and he's, trying to get his chainsaw and it takes 25 minutes of the movie for him to bust through this wall. I'm exaggerating, but to get his chainsaw and a chainsaw is a newer model. So why was it in I I don't know. Why am I asking these questions of this movie? (laughs)
3: Yeah. They didn't, they didn't care about that. They didn't care.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They spent way more. They cared way more about this poster than they did the movie.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I like the one where he's, I like the one where he's in the picture of him. He's standing above the sun, the, the sunflowers.
1: Peekaboo! It's me, Leatherface. Peekaboo! <laughs> and there's, there's a meme, there's a meme of that going around where there's a guy going Leatherface is taking a poop. Leatherface is in, in there taking a poop. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite thing, my favorite meme of it is he's when he's holding up the face before he puts it on. The proper way to eat a fruit roll up. <laughs> 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 But this, this poster reminds me of one Mm. thing that was, that was dumb. And it was like a missed opportunity, but when he killed the blonde girl, whose name I don't remember, and it doesn't matter that I don't remember in the truck, when he cut, when he slowly slices her open and then he starts feeling her hair, I was like, Oh, he's going to take her hair off and wear the hair on top of that. And the next he's just wearing his greasy hair. And I'm like, that was one of those little nitpicky things for me that just, you've got a great opportunity.
2: Yeah.
1: What if the, you know, what if her boyfriend, the guy who was running this whole thing, saw it was like, saw her hair, like she had a streak or something in it. And he recognized that's what it was from. And he realized she was dead before he got his face chewed off. You know, it was like little things that you could do to elevate this horror movie. They didn't do. Yes. They, they did. Oh, care. we'll just slap Texas, Texas <laughs> Chainsaw on on it. And, yeah. This is,
3: this is IP. This is, uh, you know, a famous intellectual property that people can continuously, you know, use as a piggy bank, and uh, yep. Netflix is using this as a piggy bank, and uh, we deserve better than this. Don't don't watch this. Don't spend time on this. Don't t- let Netflix make you know records out of this. Going this many people watch this. Show them that you don't like this, and don't don't pay attention to it. Just don't look in the Simpsons parlance. <laughs>
0: But to just point, you know, if, say there was a script in like 2016 that this was going to be. Uh, if they had probably made that movie, maybe it's good, you know. But they tried to throw <laughs> Texas Chance on here. They tried, then they just keep bastardizing it over and over again. And next thing you know, it's not the script that they intended, and uh, that's what sucks. Because you could have, I mean, and maybe it just doesn't matter anymore. But if you had a great horror movie that took it so seriously people still tend to like those mm-hmm. uh, even if they this would have been polarizing
1: a, this would have been a great house of wax remake or sequel that movie was not great but it was better than I, anybody really expected it to be with Paris Hilton in it um,
3: the environment is could, perfect for that you know that that town is kind of perfect for that setup
1: yeah you know this could have been a reboot of that franchise instead if you're gonna put it a, but it also could have been just a these influencers are going to go take over a town and there's a guy who, you know, doesn't want them to and starts picking them off one by one. Yeah. You know, you could, you could get rid of the people on the bus. You could just have them blow the bus up while they're all partying on it. And then you've got your core, like six or seven people. And it could be a little scary movie, but instead, Oh, let's see what Leatherface is going to do now. And that's all it was. You know that last shot where he, Terrible. spoiler alert, cuts her head off. You know she's been through all this, and her sister, who is a school shooting survivor, yeah, is traumatized enough. And that's like that's just like why are we doing that to her? You know, like because
3: because this is again the the part of this that I, that that I keep trying to avoid is the is the right wing sort of commentary that that kind of runs through here. This sort of red, red state kind of humor that. It's just about presenting something like, well, she's a school shooting survivor and her lesson is going to be that guns are good for you. You should have a yep. gun because if you have a gun, you can survive situations like this. And it's that's, you know, they get out of scene where she picks up a big gun and she caresses it and holds it. Then she drops it because she's scared of it. Uh, and it's just, but her lesson is then she has to learn to use the gun. And then by the end of the movie, she uses the gun.
1: And then it doesn't work. Yeah. So she has to get Sally's gun because that works because Sally's a badass like Laurie Strode.
3: God. Uh, but it's a twist because we're going to kill her because we don't believe in uh, strong female characters.
1: <laughs> we do. They're just in other movies. <laughs> well, that, that, that's the right wing. That's again the back, back
3: to yes. the right wing thing though. Like They're constantly critiquing the idea of Strong female characters. Well, here's that strong female character, and how about we put a chainsaw in her gut? Because <laughs> we're clever.
0: But even if, yeah. like, even if that's what your goal was, at least take it seriously and make me, you know, make me uncomfortable that way. Because you made a good movie, and I have to listen to your ideas in an air. You know, instead you just made a shitty comedy, more or less, with somewhat cool kills, I suppose. Uh, And that's, I I don't know. I just have no use for this at all. And It did make me watch the original, though, so that was, showed it to my kids. This is true. I mean, my daughter is 14 now. She's getting close to the age where she's ready for it. My son, I don't know. Jeff, are you familiar with the band Ice Nine Kills? With
1: who? who?
0: Ice Nine Kills. They're a horror parody band, kind
1: of. I have heard of them, but I've never, I don't. I couldn't. I probably. I wouldn't be able to tell you anything.
0: Right. They're basically they're, they're kind of a weird, like a metal band that kind of works. They have the show tune vibe to their sound, and they all their songs are about horror movies. And their Texas Chance Massacre song that you know when the pictures pop up at the beginning, that noise it makes. That oh how, yeah yeah. That's oh. how the song starts, and I didn't even notice it. And he was like all excited, and I, we got half an hour in, and they were too scared to continue. and Nothing had even happened yet. That's how good the movie is. (laughs)
3: That's how good that is.
1: (sighs) Yeah, it's great. Eh.
0: All right. Anything else on this piece of shit before we move on?
1: (laughs) Nope. Don't
3: watch it. Don't watch it. Don't waste your time.
0: John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness is our undisputed classic this week.
3: Prince of Darkness, 1987, uh, self-funded by John Carpenter. is an independent film and uh, tells the story of a priest who discovers something in the basement of his church, this glowing, uh, spinning thing uh, made of light. It's like a giant lava lamp. Uh, He invites this uh, group of, he invites this professor of physics and his students to come in and uh, take a look at this and see if they can figure out what it is and what it is is the the essentially the body of the anti-god in liquid form and looking to try and find a way into our universe it's a combination of both physics and religion and a critique of kind of well, largely a critique of religion in many ways and it's just it it's a good idea if it's entirely exactly brought about the best possible it could not necessarily i think this movie is okay it's 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 got an interesting idea it's got interesting characters the the notion is there but it doesn't quite pull it off in the end i think what happens in the final act it just sort of turns into a lot of people in hallways running from each other and <laughs> like early on there was a movie about ideas and conversations between you know um, between Victor Wong and uh, Donald Pleasance, Donald Pleasance is great in this movie. I love Donald Pleasance; he's such a good actor, and he he really just d- invests him in every every part that he's in, regardless of how ridiculous it might seem. And he's certainly deeply invested here. And I like the dynamic between him and Victor Wong. I thought their scenes were really interesting, but when it comes to, becomes a movie where it's just people running from each other in hallways, eh? I kind of lost interest, and by the end, I wasn't all that in that said I, I liked a lot of the production design I like the the design on the woman who gets possessed by the goo is really like gross and disgusting and uh, I liked her getting her head cut off and picking it up off the ground and putting it back on it was great so there's elements of this that are really good uh, that classically John Carpenter sort of way but I, it didn't quite sell me completely
0: yeah when we talked about it in 2017 when it turned 30 I didn't love it I liked it more this time, though, Uh, but at the same time, I mean, John Carpenter is considered a legend, and this isn't one we talk about very much, so I suppose there's a reason for it, but I I liked the ideas, and the second time through, I I liked it more, and it was kind of cool to see the old, you know, the John Carpenter regulars, you know, all together in a movie again, so it was kind of neat.
3: I wanted I to this, we made this the classic because I wanted to hear Jeff talk about it because I've never heard Jeff talk about this movie and Jeff, you know, your background is, is in horror movies. So I thought this would be a good one for you to talk about.
1: I think that this is one of the ones where he, his production design usually outshines his budget. And I think this one looks like a, it has a much bigger budget than he did. You know, he had, um, Donald Pleasance is great as always. I mean, he just, he can tell he wants to act. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times people my age or a little younger. They just know him as Dr. Loomis. And he plays, he plays down that side of himself in this movie to the point where you start, to, you get more invested in him as a priest as opposed to, oh my God, it's Donald Pleasance. Um, you know, the effects. Alice Cooper being in this movie is one of the homeless people uh, that, you know, get rounded up. It it. John Carpenter showed that he can do kind of any sort of horror movie. You know, The Fog, Halloween, obviously. He can really he's got more interests than just stalkers and slashers and things like that. And this was a really good idea. I, I, it doesn't kind of stick the landing the way I think a lot of his movies have previously. And since this one is more of a, it's kind of a horror version of my dinner with Andre between James Wong and the priest, a lot of, you know, that's, that's the best part of it is they're, they're kind of talking about evil and yeah. you know the is God real is science real maybe it's a combination that kind of you know an existential talk is really my favorite part of this,
2: yeah, this was mm-hmm.
1: not one i you know I didn't watch this constantly like I did Halloween or the fog um but you know I having revisited it a couple times in the last few years. I'm more struck by the visuals of it than the execution when it's all said and done. Um, you know, I love the character whose outsides are on her in, uh, you know, her insides are on her outside. Um, and, but her hair is perfect.
2: Yeah.
1: You know? <laughs> uh, growing up, I always thought it was Linnea Quigley, but no, it's not.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: cause she looks like, you know, she's got that kind of Valley girl hair. And, right. Um,
3: the romance is so bland and a a big problem is this jameson parker guy who i mean what what college is this that you're like at 45 years old you're going back to college to learn physics like which college who's doing this his his presence raises so many more questions about about the college and himself than it than anything in, in the movie and it's just like and a lot of the, I mean, I think a lot of the students kind of look like maybe these people are probably not college students. These are, I don't know why yeah. they're taking a physics class at, at uh, in their 40s, but.
0: Well, even the flirting and whatever, it was just very like, kind of like, ah, people talk like that at some point. <laughs> it was just very, I mean, not not to be, you know, like, leather faces to come and kill me or anything, but it was just kind of borderline <laughs> offensive. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get too woke, but. <laughs>
2: Right.
1: Well, I, I I fully planned on uh, rewatching this, but I have the special edition Blu-ray, and I it was it's somewhere in storage. And to be perfectly frank, I just I couldn't dig through boxes to look for this one movie. But I watched it last year, so I remembered enough of it. But I completely forgot about Jameson Parker. That's how little presence he has when he's <laughs> not true. on Simon and Simon.
2: I mean, <laughs>
0: that's what he's from. <laughs> Uh, yeah I mean this I always gave Josh shit for you know really loving movies that weren't airing complete and just liking parts of it and you know loving the potential of it more than the movie itself but and this one I'm kind of I, I'm kind of I, I like the potential I like the visuals and uh, I, I like it enough to, to say it's good but you know it's not the thing it's not Halloween it's not they live the fog you know it's definitely lesser but
1: I I feel like a tighter one quick tight rewrite would have really kind of made it gel a little more there are parts of it that are really hard to follow right if you're not if you're not glued to the screen 100% and you know say you go to the bathroom or check your phone or something it's easy to get lost in this one because there are so many different things happening to different disparate characters that Oh yeah. Oh wait. What? Ha- wait. Why? <laughs> right. what, what's going on? You know.
0: Right. And they didn't I mean, know where it, they were going. If they knew how to yeah. end it, that would have helped. Yeah. Too.
3: And also, I mean, I think a lot of people thought. I think there are a lot of people who watched this movie and said it's about the devil, and it's not. <laughs> like even it's, even the, even though the title is Prince of Darkness, they don't they never say the devil. They they yeah. kind of passingly reference that this character that this anti god is related to the devil or is is a form of what they based the devil on but it's not the devil it's the anti-god which i actually like that name a lot better
0: <laughs> right
1: that's my drag name <laughs>
0: <a> good name <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> anything else on prince of darkness before we move on
1: it's worth a watch you know it's 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 worth a watch if you have stars it's on there well, yeah. Supposed um,
0: like to feel like a carpenter completist. I think it's worth yeah. checking yeah.
1: out. Yeah, yeah. But this and In the Mouth of Madness are ones that I never. Re- you know, everybody talks about them, but I they're the ones I never see on a regular basis. Like I do the Fog. Fog is probably my favorite Carpenter movie. Um,
3: I feel thick? like I want to watch In the Mouth of Madness, but I don't know if I ever will.
1: Oh, it's it's. Decent. You know, it's got some good themes in it. It's just not my, you know, it's, it's, and Sam Neill is not so in it. And, but it's not the fog where to me, the fog is his best movie. And that has a lot to do with just the cast and how, how he, in that movie, he really tightened up the, um, the intercut of the stories. Uh, he had Deborah Hill too, which he didn't have on this movie, yeah. and she, Deborah Hill, was kind of the best part of the John Carpenter Deborah Hill production company. And I would get a lot of shit for saying that, but she really, you know, she wrote all the dialogue for the girls in Halloween. She knew how, you know, she knew how to write people, and if something sounded off, she would say, "Hey, no, that's, you know." that should be this. And it worked. You didn't have her for this one that I'm aware of. I think it was because they had, you know, kind of drifted apart, but it was, it, it's very telling in like the relationship storyline. You can yeah. really tell that that's <laughs> lacking
3: very much. So <laughs>
2: well, while you're
0: here, I'm curious. What would, how would you rank them? You, know, you got the fog. Number one. What do you got? Number two. Um, just like a top five. I'm just curious.
1: I would the fog would be number one, uh, and not just you know Halloween number two. Unless it's uh, the month of October, then that's number one, uh, just because I watch it a few times. Um, uh, Where's the, the thing? Line,
0: Where's the thing at?
1: Uh, the thing c- is from the thing for me would be number three, uh, and only because. I, I didn't get it for so many years. It took me a long time to really get the... I'd never seen the original thing. I knew it was a thing because of Halloween, but it was one of those ones where I would only pick it a little of, of it up at Halloween when it was on TV or, you know, oh, it's on HBO and it was half over. I'll watch the end of it, but I didn't get what...
2: Right.
1: And I, I always watch it whenever we have a snowstorm. or the dead of winter which i didn't watch it for a year when i was in la because i didn't think about it but that and the shining i always watch whenever we have a big snowstorm well i watched that this year i watched the thing the thing again this year and it was like i made a point to not be on my phone or my ipad or doing any artwork or anything like that and just watch it and it was so paranoid and everybody in that movie is like pitch perfect
2: Mm -hmm.
1: with their paranoia their, you know, well, I'm not, you know, it's not me. It can't be me. How could it be me? And when it's clearly you, um, the blood experiment that I would say certain, if you ask me like in a year that might be moved, that might move up to number two. Um, the fog is always going to be my favorite. And I think after, uh, after those three, it's kind of a toss up because I would right. never, you know, it, this could be up there sometimes um, in the mouth of madness could be up there sometimes Uh star I've never seen, so I don't know. Cause Oh, it's a romance. So I don't care. Um, <laughs> Karen Allen and Jeff Bridges didn't care when I was 15 years old, <laughs> you know, however old I was when it came out. Um, that, those three are always going to be like my favorite carpenter ones. And then it's, I guess it depends on my mood. Right. Really?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, definitely not body bags. <laughs> um, I would, I would also, I could count, uh, even though he, he didn't direct it Halloween too. Right. But when Mike, when Michael and Lori were still brother and sister, they wrote it, produced it, you know, um, parts of that I really love. So that, could you know, that I would say just for the, because it's a continuation of the story that we knew at the time, that would probably be number four, even though technically right. he didn't write it. he still, I mean, it was a, it was his movie just shot by uh, Richard Rubenstein. I think am I, I could be wrong. I, I just had a brain fart. So, <laughs> uh, but it, you know, it's, it's assault on precinct 13. That you know, I liked that movie. I didn't see that for years, but I was like, "Oh, okay, I get what he, you know, where he." That was kind of to me what spawned Escape from New York and that kind of thing, and which I never ever, I never cared about that movie. Big Trouble in Little China. I didn't get. I didn't watch that until I I was in my early forties.
0: I want to like it so bad, and I, it's like my brother's favorite movie, and. I try and I try. And like, if it was just Kurt Russell in a truck, arm wrestling people, I might be into it
1: <laughs> over the top too. Right. John Carpenter's over the top. Uh,
0: but I just, I'm not, I'm so, I get bored and it. I, and I like, they live a lot. Uh, but it's not really, a oh, movie. I,
1: oh my God. That's, that's easily number four for me, three or four, depending in your mood. Um, I, but I forget about it because I forget that it's a John Carpenter right. movie because it's so unlike his stuff.
0: If, t- if it uh, was one- Kurt Russell instead of Roddy Piper, maybe it'd be.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. we went uh, when I lived in L.A., my friend Demetrius and I would we would just drive around to look at movie locations. You know, I saw several of the Friday the Thirteenth filming locations, um, the Golden Girl set, the Office, um, and w- went. I lived really close to the Nightmare on Elm Street house. So I would show him that we'd li- we'd look at the Halloween houses. We went to South Pasadena and looked at all those. And I was always like, I want to go downtown and see if I see, you know, if I can. And then one day I'm just walking downtown. I went to get ice cream downtown, and I'm walking and I look up and there's the wall where the obey sign was. Oh wow! And I was like, wait, that's the fucking oh holy shit! <laughs> and then I had to go home and watch it, you know, like immediately. And then I had to go back downtown and see some of the other locations. I found the, the alley where they did the, the fist fight, which was perfection. Mm-hmm. And do you know the story behind that?
0: Uh, all but, I know is he was a big wrestling fan, so he kind of <laughs> let Roddy Piper do it. But uh, Well,
1: R- Roddy Piper and Keith David, they said, okay, you can cut this down, but we want to do the whole fight scene in one take. And we want you just to film it. So he did. And it was going to be literally like a minute long. And it's like 11 minutes or something. <laughs> like <them just> fighting. <laughs> and he liked it so much. And they were, you know, he could tell they were so into it that he just kept the whole thing in the movie. That's so,
3: awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> Halloween would struggle to get in my top five. If at all, I don't think you probably wouldn't even be in my top five. That's what I'm
1: you're a slasher fan. So yeah. I'd be, but the fog man, is still...
0: We need it. We have never done the fog on the show, so we'll have to bring that like sometime maybe October or something, or maybe if you have a better. You should
1: do it as close to April twenty first as you possibly can, because that's the day. That's Antonio Bay. That's the town that it takes place in. That's the year that. That's the day they have their celebration of the town's birthday. So. Oh, nice. That's when I watch it every year.
2: All right.
0: <laughs> Mid April. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I will totally come back and suck that movie's dick for an hour. I would
0: love for that. Well, uh, no, seriously. Uh, it's always fun to talk horror movies. And I, that's, I actually haven't even seen it. So that would be a fun reason to... Wow. I'm a poser. What can I say? Uh, let's see here. Let's... That is our show. I, 1992. I don't unless anybody wants to talk about these movies: uh, "Falling from Grace," "Radio Flyer," "This Is My Life," or the best of the bunch, "Stop, My Mom Will Shoot." <laughs> movie, uh, movie I defended for years without ever actually <laughs> watching it because I was a Stallone fan.
1: Yeah, I'm an Stall fan, so.
3: I, I just I only love the story that uh, Schwarzenegger pretended to be interested in it just to get Stallone to do it. <laughs> it's just the best the best origin story for a terrible movie ever. Are you sure you pretended because
0: he made some bad choices too? Well,
3: <laughs> that's his point. story. His story is that he that he pretended to be interested in that piece of crap just to get Stallone to do it.
1: <laughs> Was Jackie Stallone supposed to play his mom?
3: I don't remember ever hearing
1: that. I can't imagine her not being super pissed that, she, that he didn't ask her to do it.
3: Estelle <laughs> Getty was so so hot at the time because of Golden Girls and uh, you yeah. know, Emmy awards that that uh, she was kind of <laughs> she was not as big a star as him but certainly the, as big a get at the time.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Uh next week we've got Theriano uh sure Cyrano. Studio 666 from the Foo Fighters. How that's going to theaters, I don't know. Uh, What else is there, Sean? You sent me a list. I didn't write it down.
3: Oh, thanks. Thanks for taking that seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Desperate Hours starring uh, Naomi Watts uh, is coming out next week as well. and uh, Also, a a documentary called Dunk or Die, which is about uh, the world's greatest slam dunk artist who is French-Algerian and uh doesn't speak english so we think we own the slam dunk but we don't uh then uh moon manor which i don't know what that's about but uh, they sent me they sent it to me so i'm gonna watch it
0: we don't have a classic yet uh 1992 the mambo kings memoirs of an invisible man and for richer for poorer uh let's see let's get the flick shot real quick and then we can let everybody go home unless you guys don't have time
1: let me go home, that's where I'm at.
0: <laughs> uh let's see here. If it's over the top, I quit. <laughs> Alright, the Pink Panther two thousand six or multiplicity.
3: Multiplicity.
2: Uh
1: multiplicity. I haven't I don't think I I don't think I remember the Pink Panther.
0: I, I like multiplicity better too. It was awful. It was awful. Monty Python <laughs> on the Holy Grail, deconstructing Harry.
3: Monty Python, Monty Python.
0: Agreed. Night and Day, Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason.
3: <laughs> I really like Night and Day, uh, and I did love Edge of Reason, so I'm actually gonna pick Night and Day.
0: I haven't seen Night and Day. Uh, Me neither. Do you like? I haven't seen Reason? either one of them. So all right, I'll we'll just do Night Night and Day, move on. Twenty-eight days later, <laughs> Raging Bull. Raging
3: Bull.
1: 28 Days
0: Later.
3: <laughs> I
1: get Bowl. Raging Bull. I get that it's supposed to be, you know, wonderful, but I will watch 28 Days Later again before I will watch Raging Bull.
2: No,
0: I get it. I like 28 Days Later, but I'm still going Raging Bull. Uh, All the President's Men, biscuit.
1: All the President's Men. I'm going to pick the sequel to The Post, All the President's Men. <laughs>
0: Agreed. Just Married King Kong 2005. Uh, King, King
3: Kong, Kong. Yeah, I guess. They're both not great.
0: Ooh, Old Boy, A Fistful of Dollars.
3: Old Boy.
1: Yeah, because I don't like what uh, Clint Eastwood has become, I'm going to go Old Boy. Uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm talking about his movie career, not his. on <laughs> <laughs> politics.
3: Talking uh, to chairs.
0: Uh, the sex and car crashes crash, <laughs> not uh, racism crash. Or
3: I'm going or to pick Rain the Man.
1: I'm going to pick the good crash.
3: Yes, same. Fuck Rain Man. <laughs> Every week I get to say fuck Dustin Hall. It's, it's a good week.
1: Uh, I haven't seen either of these, so it's up to you guys.
0: I'm just going to reset it. because Yeah, I, just, let's I don't forget really it. Sean's opinion of those two movies is... <laughs> Chronicles. I think we know it. <laughs> Chronicles, Sex, Lies, and Videotape.
3: Sex, Lies, and Videotape.
1: Same.
0: Agreed. Uh, Big Mama's House leaving Las
2: Vegas.
1: <laughs> leaving Las so, Vegas. I worked at a theater when Big Mama's House came out. And I had to watch that fucking movie <laughs> every night for a month because it, they would not die. It was oh, always wow. our busiest movie. And I hate it, hate it, hate it. And leaving Las Vegas makes me want to kill myself. But I would rather watch that.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Superman Four: <laughs> The Quest for Money and the Ninth Gate.
1: <laughs> the Ninth Gate. Ninth Gate.
0: Finding Dory. A Scanner Darkly.
1: Finding Dory. Uh, yeah. I would
0: say that. I agree. Transformers, Dark of the Moon, or White Knights?
3: I've not seen White
0: Knights. Neither
3: have Yeah, I. I haven't
1: either.
0: Transformers, Adam's Family.
3: Adam's, Adam's family. family. There's a few things I wouldn't pick over Transformers.
0: Raising Helen, Black Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down.
1: Yeah, I didn't see Raising Helen because I was on a very anti uh, Kate Hudson kick at that point (laughs) what caused that (laughs) Uh, just she she was like that period of time that was she was the zoe deschanel who i still hate to this day she was that to me before the new girl came out and then i was like okay she's not so bad now we hate zoe deschanel (laughs) uh i irrationally just hate actors for
0: no reason whatsoever sometimes. Oh, no, we all do that. Uh, yeah, I an- think so. Another movie I defended, uh, Judge Dredd or Ghost. <laughs> Ghost. Ghost. I agree. Uh, you a danger girl. Knowing United 93.
3: I'm going to go with the uh, popular popcorn film United 93. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Feel good movie of the year. <laughs> Feel good. Movie. United 93. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Hot Shots part, duh. Alien versus Predator.
3: Hot Shots all the way.
1: Fishing with Gandhi.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Dead don't die. Oh, that was terrible.
3: Yeah, that was really disappointing.
0: I was like, what is that? And then it just clicked. Uh, The Producers, The Kingdom.
3: The Kingdom's not bad, but The producer.
1: Yeah,
0: sure. What the fuck, Transformers? Oh, dear fucking Christ, bicentennial man, sean This is all you. Well,
1: my
3: option to also just rip out my eyeballs rather than watch either of them because that seems like a better option than watching either of those fucking movies. Yep. Well, uh,
0: you either do it right here on the podcast or you pick one.
3: <laughs> Transformers. <laughs>
0: House house of Wax. Aha!
3: Here we go.
1: They were listening. (laughs) House of Wax.
3: House of Wax. Yeah, I hate the Cider House rules. I hate it. Wow.
0: Hannah, where Eagles dare.
3: Not seen where Eagles dare.
1: Yeah, neither have I.
0: Hannah, Once Upon a Time in the West.
2: (sighs) And. Huh.
3: I go. really love Hannah.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Hannah.
3: Yeah, I'm going to too as well. And it's just, I would rather watch that because I know I know Once Upon a Time in the West is objectively great. It's just really long.
0: I'll go with Once Upon a Time in the West just to throw a vote today. Yeah. I really love that movie. War for the Planet of the Apes or As Good as It Gets?
3: Yeah, two very different movies, but both of which I really, really enjoyed. Um, I'm going to go War for the Planet of the Apes.
1: I am too. I unabashedly love all of those movies.
3: So good. Like they were
1: really, really well wonderfully done.
3: And they really shouldn't have been.
1: Like, they really
3: should yeah. have been. They really shouldn't have been very good, but they really put a lot of effort
1: into them. Andy Circus should have been nominated for an Academy Award for acting as if for any one of those movies.
0: Absolutely. I'll go as good as it gets.
1: <laughs> oh, Bob the Contrarian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, I just like the movie. Uh,
3: I don't know what Red Bat is.
0: Neither do I.
1: Neither.
0: Children of the Corn, Where the Wild Things Are.
3: Where the wild things are.
1: (laughs) Children of the Corn. Fuck you, Sean.
3: (laughs) Where the wild things are.
1: You hater of bad movies. (laughs) (laughs) Why?
0: I went with the other one. I forgot what it was already. I so. You like Children of the Corn? Is it, or are you just like fun bad, kind of? I'm just curious.
2: I
1: just, I. That movie is objectively not a good movie, but it's fun. Malachi! <laughs> you know, that uh, watching Linda uh, uh, Hamilton be crucified on a, cro- a cross made of corn cobs is fun. I really would. The, the, the ending of the book, she gets killed and I really wish they had just done that but you, you know that was Hollywood 1984. you can't do anything like that
0: right yeah I guess maybe I was too young to see the fun in it <laughs> I just <laughs> wanted to be super scary and I was like this is just silly uh, ghost three lives and only one death
3: never heard of the, of the last yeah. one there that's I. a French movie I've never
0: seen ghost or barking dogs never bite
3: never heard of uh-huh. it we've run out of movies <laughs>
0: <laughs> ghost
1: or oh ghost
2: Mark's Pain.
0: ghost tangled dead poet society
3: <laughs> honestly that's tough those are good movies both of them I, I like both those movies um, I'm saying tangled
0: I'm saying dead poets
1: that's why I said tangled.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm going to go dead poets. Uh, really? That's that's not a movie.
2: The, uh, <laughs>
1: the only good the only good thing about the police academy movies are the artwork by Drew Struzan. Oh, uh, hackers there are li- they are listening <laughs> to the show.
0: Yeah, the grayer hackers. This is scary. <laughs>
1: They saw my beard and they went with the gray, and then they heard <laughs> us say hackers. I'm uh, going to pick the gray just because the hackers was bad.
3: Yeah, take the gray just because I want to see Liam Neeson punching a wolf.
1: <laughs> I want to I see Liam Neeson punching just in general.
0: <laughs> I want to see if I could take a Liam Neeson punch.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Callback.
0: The, the silence or sneakers?
1: I didn't see. I didn't see either one of them. So up to you guys.
0: Silence is silence. better, but it's four hours long.
3: It's so long. It's so fucking long. <laughs> just give me sneakers and just let me let me be. It's yeah. so long.
0: <laughs> I'll sit through the baby boomer watchable movie. <laughs> uh, the nut or Capote?
1: Capote. <gasps> Yeah, I, Sorry. I know. Yeah, no, that's fine. I was gonna pick a pony, although I could watch the net.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, bewitched or a Clockwork Orange.
1: Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. What, 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 what did I just say? Clockwork Orange, not orange.
0: <laughs> what is your? We did that a couple of weeks ago. Are you a big Clockwork fan or not really or here or there?
1: Um. I liked it. It's not one I, I've wa- I think I've seen it twice. I don't, I own it. I got it as part of the Stanley Kubrick three pack Blu-ray thing. And I haven't watched it since I got it 12 years ago. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, okay, I've seen it. I get the whole ultra violence thing, but. Eh. Right.
2: That's kind
1: of, I, I, it was, it's one of those movies where you don't have to watch again.
0: Right. It's fun to talk about, I guess, but yeah, I don't need to watch it. <laughs> uh, the Hills Have Eyes, 1977, or Inglorious Bastards?
3: Inglorious. Bastards. The Hills
1: Bastards. Have Eyes. The Hills Have Eyes.
0: <laughs> it's Inglorious Bastards <laughs> for you, but I do like The Hills Have Eyes, and I'm always afraid to say that on this show, because Josh and Sean are always so against it.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an early Wes Craven movie that, you know, he it has a lot of the Seeds for stuff that comes later, so it's perfectly valid. Feeling Bob,
0: what is your thought on the remake?
1: Um, it, I, tied it, it, I rented it and I kind of watched it, it didn't really hold my interest, right? You know, but there was no it. Harry Man, yeah, it's just there's no D Wallace, right? In it, so
0: and I'm not a big not, fan of him as a director either.
1: No, he's fine on some things, but
0: he's mostly terrible. Well, did you like high? <laughs> yeah. ten- did you like High Tension or not? I like. I hated that movie.
1: Um, I the first time I like the first time I saw it, I loved it. I got it for five dollars at, at Best Buy on Blu-ray, and I watched it again. And I was like, "Oh, this doesn't there's it's a twist that doesn't make sense." Right. Uh, and then I w- I'm like, oh, I'll watch it again later. And I watched it again like a year later. And I'm like, this doesn't hold up at all.
0: Yeah, I was It's a, great, it. it's a
1: great idea.
0: Right. I was loving yeah, it they until I went to the twist. And I'm like, they cheated. Yeah. This isn't fair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they, they didn't get out of the cock a car.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, you just reminded me of Annie Wilkes in Misery. They cheated.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Uh, uh, zero effect. You've got mail.
3: You've
1: got I mail. Didn't see either one of them. <laughs> I don't so care. Pick whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs>
0: eh. Never rich. seen Born Rich. Never. That sounds like a real fun movie to watch. <laughs> uh, Money talks or Predators.
1: Predators.
3: Predators. Absolutely.
1: That was a great movie.
0: Clue sideways.
1: Sideways clue. Clue.
0: Sideways from. <laughs> Sorry. You. It's all right.
1: I'll I'm include. not a snob.
0: <laughs> Oblivion or Breakfast at Tiffany's?
3: Oblivion, because it's far less racist.
1: Yeah, it's just exactly what I was. I can't. I can't watch <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. I read the book last year, and it's so not as racist. <laughs> like that was really a choice that they made. That yeah. C. Rooney made.
0: Uh, two all-white cast, My Fair Lady and Awakenings. <laughs> <laughs> Awakenings.
1: I think I'm going to pick more fair lady. I don't even know. Just so I could use a cockney accent. I'm really bad <laughs> cockney.
0: Accent. Awakenings I saw last, so I'm still kind of fresh with that one. <laughs> While you were sleeping, Midnight Run.
3: Midnight Run. If you want to saw something weird, that we've had a couple of Sandra Bullock movies now, and I'm working on an article about Sandra Bullock as we speak. So that's, again, you know, another creepy internet thing.
1: <laughs> they know. They know. <laughs> I'll say Midnight Run, too. I yeah. I like Sandra Bullock so much that I would probably watch while you were sleeping again, but it falls apart.
0: Yeah, I agree. Blazing Saddles or Brother Bear?
1: Blazing Saddles. Blazing fucking Saddles.
0: Sure. Uh, geez. I feel like we probably could have quit a long time ago and had <laughs> way better endings uh let's see let's look for something fun yeah, that's lame four weddings we and a funeral or mean girls Mean girls mean girls yeah all right my people I, yeah i don't care about Hunger games of star trek thank you jeff for joining us uh Definitely looking forward to having you back. We'll try to do something sort of mid-April with the fog. If you're available, I'd love to do that. you're up for it, Sean,
1: I, like I said, I will come on and suck that movie's dick for an hour because as long as, long as we don't talk about the remake, we won't. Or we could we could talk about the remake. We just can't talk nice about the remake.
0: Well, I haven't seen <laughs> that either, so
1: <laughs> don't bother. Really, right.
3: that's cool. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you, guys.